Hi, I'm Penny from Interfilm, and to celebrate International Women's Day, in today's episode we hear from three women filmmakers working in exciting film industry jobs across a number of films such as Disney's Beauty and the Beast, Star Wars The Force Awakens, and a James Bond favourite, Skyfall. We think these interviews have some amazing advice on what it takes to get your first job in film. First up is production coordinator Helen Swanick-Thorpe. Helen gives some fantastic advice around the skills needed to work in film production and some practical advice on how to get your first job as a runner. Next up is world-class locations manager Catherine Geary. Based in Northern Ireland, Catherine is responsible for film locations in the recent Star Wars films, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Catherine talks about how she got into film through the Northern Ireland Screen Programme and the range of skills needed to work in locations, from JCB drivers to rock climbers. And to finish off, we hear from second assistant director Alison Goring, who talks about the structure of a film set and how the assistant directors fit in. Alison talks about learning on the job, working well under pressure, and the importance of a positive attitude. My name's Helen Swanick-Thorpe, and I'm a production coordinator. The main responsibilities of a production coordinator on a film are looking after the day-to-day running of the production office. That's dealing with logistics, the distribution of paperwork, organising travel, accommodation, and basically taking care of the needs of the cast and the crew and everything that's happening on a particular filming day. In the time frame of making a film, I would start in pre-production, preparing for the shoot starting. So um, this is really when we're getting set up and other departments are doing things like constructing sets and crewing and bringing on um, other members of their teams. And uh, we would be getting ready to get the shoot started. And then I would work all the way through the shoot, um, looking after the day-to-day production office logistics of the filming. And then usually I would finish at the end of the shoot and a post-production coordinator would then come on to look after post-production. A production coordinator is important in the filmmaking process because the production office is the hub of information and all crew, including construction, assistant directors, stunts, everybody will come to the production office to ask for essential information that they need. not just to come in and ask for it actually, but also to receive it on set. So we put together all kinds of distribution that is essential, including scripts, unit lists, travel information, and it's information that if people didn't have it, they simply wouldn't be sure as to what might be happening on a day-to-day basis. So it's completely essential. The key skills that are needed as a production coordinator are good people skills because you're working with a whole crew and cast, um, problem solving and good administration skills and IT skills are also very important because most of the day-to-day work is done at a computer. To be a production coordinator, it's really helpful to have a formal qualification, but it's not necessary. There are lots of different routes into film production. There are university courses, which you may find some information about on the Skillset website, that will certainly help you to work towards your journey of becoming a production coordinator. But there are also lots of other routes. There are apprenticeships and training schemes, and you can also start 
Um, as a runner, if you can make contact with somebody and get some work experience on a film set, that can certainly help you um, to become a production coordinator. From personal experience, I found that the most common route to becoming a production coordinator is to uh, go through your education to university and to gather some formal qualifications that will then help you to find some work in a production office and that means usually starting as a runner and um, assisting the production coordinator and the rest of the team with the day-to-day -day runnings of the production office. So let me tell you about some of the best and worst things about working as a production coordinator. The worst thing is certainly the hours. The hours are very long when working on a film production and they are for everybody and so you need some resilience to be able to do that. The best thing is that there are some really great perks and treats that happen every now and again as a coordinator. I've had some really exciting experiences. I got to fly in a helicopter once. Um, I've seen some incredible film sets and performances of uh, musical numbers happen right before my eyes before they made it onto the screen. And it's really wonderful to be part of a team that are making such exciting things happen. So on my journey to becoming a production coordinator, the main barrier I found is that the industry is actually very competitive and so you've really got to find a way in and I uh, started as a runner in television and I genuinely sat at my desk at home and wrote, and I think they were handwritten at the time, over a hundred letters to just try to get a runner's job. Um, and I was very fortunate to, um, after working for a runner for some time, to find a training scheme with the Production Guild to train to be an assistant coordinator. And that process, again, was quite competitive. And I think that it's just really important to have the resilience and the self-determination to know that there is a way in for you. And it's just exploring lots of different opportunities and finding the one that's, that's right for you. You have to be very persistent to get that job, make that start in the film industry and your persistence will pay off. It just might take some time and it might actually mean doing another different kind of job for a little while while you keep focusing on that goal. Um, and certainly after I finished university, I worked very, very hard and contacted as many people as I possibly could to find the right opportunities. Because it takes a lot of determination to actually get a job in film, um, the people that I work with are equally as determined as I am, and that makes for a brilliant team. And so in a film production, you'll find that there are a great number of challenges that have to be overcome on a day-to-day -day basis. And all those determined people around you can make incredible things happen. And that's really exciting. My three top tips for a young person who would like to become a production coordinator would be one, to give attention to detail. And this is something you can start practicing straight away. When I have to produce a document, it usually contains essential information such as times and addresses and people's names. And it's essential that those details are correct and precise. And so start now just looking at your own paperwork and documents and making sure that everything you have done is double checked and triple checked and checked again. Secondly, develop your communication skills. They're really important because on film crews there are lots of different personalities and it's really helpful to be able to 
talk to everybody and help them in a way that is best for them and to lead when it's necessary to lead and to be part of a team and work really well with the people around you. And three, IT schools are really essential because every day you'll be using a computer and creating documents and possibly doing calculations and creating spreadsheets that will be distributed to lots of people. And so if you can build up uh, essential IT skills, you will find them completely invaluable in your job. I think it's really helpful for everybody to know that there are such a huge range of jobs within the film industry. When I was younger, my understanding of film was that there was a director, a producer, a writer, and a cast. And I didn't really understand that there was an entire team of people with so many different skills and abilities, and that the opportunity was there for me to find something that was right for me, which was production coordinating. And I think it's really great for everybody to, to see that. Okay, so that was Helen Swanick Thorpe. And now let's hear from location manager, Catherine Geary. Hi, my name is Catherine Geary. I'm a location manager in Ireland. Um, we would be the initial point of contact for production interested in coming into Ireland, North or South. Um, and we would scout creatively for the location, um, often working very closely with a production designer who has a very definite idea of the, the overall aesthetic um, for the, the ultimate end product. A lot of the time that's before a director is even involved. Um, once we have scouted a location, we then have to get permission to film there from the various bodies and anyone that um, it could possibly impact. So whether that's a house with one owner and 25 neighbours, um, or whether that's a city centre or a beach. Um, and then we deal with security and access and logistics and how we get all our equipment and personnel to that site. I've worked in a very wide um, variety of um, budgets and projects. So I've worked on, um, when I was a trainee, I worked on Jackie Chan films in Dublin. I worked on Star Wars, the last, um, Star Wars 7 and 8, The Last Jedi that's just been released. I've worked on Transformers, but I've also worked on very small independent movies. I worked on Hunger, which was one of the first movies by Steve McQueen. Um, and Good Vibrations, which was a local sort of movie about um, a local hero, music hero. Uh, so really I've worked on a wide, a wide variety. There wasn't a specific inspiration to get into film. I didn't um, recognise that I had a desire to work in it. I, when I was at school, I would have taken photographs, but I didn't really put that together with a moving image or film. Um, so really it was just a series of, of twists and turns that um, brought me to the film industry, particularly through a local government body called Northern Ireland Screen, who put together a lot of training courses um, through Skillset now, I believe, um, to introduce people to film. But really, I didn't know anything about it um, before I was offered a job in locations or accounts on a drama and I just knew I wanted to work outside so I said locations without even knowing what I was letting myself in for. The advice that I give my younger self is to ignore my own limitations. I think we set our own limitations very much and to be courageous and to be brave um, and to try to conquer nerves. You know the idea of picking up a phone to somebody and trying to 
sell yourself to them about why they should employ you when you have this perception of who they are and what they are when really they're just people like me um, and they want to hear from someone like my younger self who was really hungry and hardworking and keen and open and um, that's what I would I would tell my younger self to ignore my self-imposed limitations. There's no formal qualification for me to employ somebody. I am as keen to employ somebody at 17 who's left school as I would be to employ somebody who's gone through further education uh, to PhD. Um, there's no set in stone qualification to do locations. Um, what I look for depends on the job I'm doing. So if I'm approached to work on a job that is going to be set in space and a lot of the time you end up working in an old quarry, I need to employ people who understand construction, who understand rock, who maybe are climbers at the weekends, um, who understand um, machinery. So maybe they can drive um, JCBs or, you know, very heavy, dirty industrial elements and on a different type of job maybe I'm looking for someone who has a language or someone who has a creative eye that I know I can ask to go and photograph a street at night and they'll make it look beautiful um, so really it just depends for me personally um, that those are shifting constantly because the type of job I work on shifts constantly and what doesn't shift for me is chemistry. I think it's hugely important to have the right chemistry in a team. It doesn't always mean that everybody has to be best friends, but there has to be a trust um, and a mutual support the whole way up and down the tree. So from me to the trainee, the trainee knows I have his back or her back, and I know they have mine. And that really is what makes a team cohesive and work well. The other things to a degree you can learn, but chemistry is just is huge and that can make it difficult for a trainee approaching me because maybe we don't have the right they're not right for me you know and it's hard to tell somebody who's at school and looking for an opportunity to work in film that chemistry is a part of that as a location scout you can have all sorts a whole variety of references thrown at you so it could be a reference of an old film or a particular director or it could be an artist or a photography exhibition. I mean, really anything can inspire a production designer and a director. It can be rock and, anything from rock and roll to theatre. Or a glance, Marlena Dietrich's face at a certain scene and that suddenly becomes a reference for an entire movie. So I think educating your eye, the more films, the more directors you know it's going to help. Um, from an artistic point of view, the more photographers or learning about composition, like if I send somebody scouting, you either have a natural eye for it, or, but you can learn it. And there are certain rules around composition in a photograph. Anyone can take a photograph now, but when you're actually trying to photograph in a way that a director or designer is going to be turned on by, it needs to have something, some kind of additional element to it. Other basic skills, like being able to drive computer skills, computer literacy is brilliant. Being organised, you know, that is something I have to, I'm naturally quite fluid, so I have to force myself in my job to be a little OCD, be hyper-organised because that conveys control. 
if you're going to work in a film site, you've got to be super organised. I think what's hugely important for anyone when they're looking for locations is to be honest. Because the right location isn't just about the right location, it's also about the right owner. And that person has to be up for having a film crew in their home, which is a circus, whether it's a short film. Sometimes a short film is more of a circus than a big film because there's less structure. Uh, on a low budget, you need to be realistic about what you want to achieve with your locations and what's possible because you may have this fantastic idea for a short film, but it's set in the Arctic and there's a talking polar bear and whatever else. You know, it's not necessarily realistic for a student budget. So you need to think, well, actually, this is a clever idea, but how do I distill this and make it actually happen in Ballyhome Beach instead of the Arctic? You know, there has to be a the imagination has to be tempered to fit the budget and always pay them. Never ask for anything for free, even if it's only a tenner. Some great advice from Catherine there. Next up is second assistant director, Alison Goring. I'm one of the first people to arrive at what we call unit base. So when we're filming on location, we have a base where we have all our trailers. So we've got the artist dressing rooms, which can vary from something that looks like a rabbit hutch to something that looks very palatial, depending on who the actor is. We've got our costume trucks, our makeup truck. We have caterers. We've got mobile loos, because you need that wherever you go. Um, and I'm there at least quarter of an hour before the first actors due to arrive. Um, and my job first thing in the morning is to make sure that all the actors arrive on time, that they all go through costume and makeup and get their breakfast, that if we've got any extras or supporting artists as we call them, they arrive, they're getting checked in, they're getting again through costume and makeup, everyone's happy with what they're like and they get their um, breakfast too. And then about eight o'clock or about quarter to eight, everyone heads off to the set to rehearse. After that, one of the first things I have to do is write a report on the previous day's activity. So I have to talk about um, when we started, when we first turned over, which is when we first started shooting, when we finished shooting, when we had lunch, how many people had lunch, uh, when the actors came in, all their times so that, that can, they can all be paid, the overtime they're due and all of that, and information about extra crew that come in, extra pieces of equipment, animals, vehicles, whatever it happens to be. And then, alongside that, one of the key things that I do is write what's called the call sheet, which is for the next day. And it's basically the Bible that tells the entire crew everything they need to know. And then at the end of the day, kind of wrap everybody up, make sure the actors all get away home um, or back to their hotels or whatever, and that everybody knows what they're doing the next day. And I have to give out call times, which again is, is telling people when they're going to be picked up, actors mostly. Um, making sure they know all of that. So that's a kind of whistle-stop tour through my day. So I don't work on the set, I work at the base preparing things to go out. I look after the actors, I book, if, if it's a small job, I would be the person casting and booking the extras. I'm the one who makes sure that everybody knows what, what they're meant to be doing. I gather information from all the different departments to write the call sheet so that I know if the electricians have a piece of equipment coming, I know when it's meant to be there and I've got a contact number on so if it doesn't turn up, somebody can just pick up their call sheet and ring them up. So it's, it's really, it's about communication. Our department is all about communication. It's about making sure that people know what they need to know and getting the information from them and passing it back out to other people. I would be starting probably about quarter to seven in the morning and if we finished filming on time at seven o'clock at night I would probably get away 
again, if it's a contemporary show, so it's people don't have wigs and big costumes to get off, I might get away about half past seven. Certainly 12 hours, mostly 13. Although the hours sound really, really crazy and they can be a bit crazy, you do actually build up stamina. Because we've got director in our job title, people think we all want to be directors. And that actually being an assistant director is kind of training. And when you've been a first assistant director, you then actually become a director. Now, very occasionally that happens, but it's not, it's not the point of it. Um, so we're not baby directors, we're not directors in waiting. Our job is to assist the director. I never did anything prior to working in theatre, really, and apart from Amdram, behind the scenes at university and in France. I never did anything to prepare me for this, if you know what I mean. I didn't do any, I mean, apart from general Saturday jobs and stuff, I, I wasn't involved in any kind of amateur filmmaking or anything like that. My route into the business is kind of I was going to say unconventional, except that there are very few conventional routes in and people come from all sorts of places. So I went to university and did a degree in French. When I started in television, my job when I started included a bit of the runner's role and a bit of the third's role and a bit of the second's. There are an enormous number of jobs. You know, we have directors and writers and cinematographers and um, sound recorders. And we also have plasterers and painters and um, carpenters and we have electricians and we have people who kind of do admin uh, in the production office We've got all sorts of different things so there are very few jobs in a film set that you actually need a qualification for if you're going to be an electrician you have to be a qualified electrician strangely one of the other ones is makeup you can't just pitch up and decide you're going to do makeup because in fact makeup isn't just about deciding what color of lipstick somebody's going to wear it's actually quite an involved job and you you need to train for that there are other jobs where training absolutely would help if you wanted to be in camera and you had done some photography or you'd done a media degree, that would certainly, would certainly help. Um, and other departments, doing a media degree can be a useful thing to kind of just help expand your knowledge generally about the industry. But for the most part, the skills that you need to work in the industry are skills you learn on the job. So it's almost like an apprenticeship. You get such a buzz from doing it. You, every day is different. You go to film in different places. You get, it's a weird thing, but you get access to places that the general public don't get to go. I find it really satisfying. And you have, apart from, it's a huge sense of achievement to see something on the screen. I mean, I can still remember the first time I saw my name on screen. And, you know, you do, I have to confess, you do get quite a buzz from that, you know? and knowing that you've been part of it. It's not a job for the faint-hearted. It's not an industry for the faint-hearted. If you can't take pressure at all, it maybe isn't for you because it is, it is quite a pressurised environment and the standards are high and a lot is expected of people because there's hundreds of thousands of pounds at stake apart from anything else. Um, and, and it's a bit of a cliche to say time is money, but actually on a film set, time is money. So you people need to be efficient and know what they're doing and, and also you need to stand up and say, I got it wrong, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Um, the most important thing, if you ask anybody in the film industry what the most important thing is, they will say attitude. We want people to come to work who are enthusiastic, who are pleased to be there, who are keen to do the best they can. It can really change things. If you come in positively, people respond to you positively. So that is absolutely the first, the first thing. Um, resilience, you do have to be quite strong. You have to learn to not take everything personally, but know when a criticism really is a personal 
criticism and somebody saying sort that out. Um, but people are working under a lot of pressure, so there can be it can be quite a kind of heated environment sometimes. Timekeeping, I can't believe these are all really boring things, but they are what anyone will tell you. Time is money. If you're meant to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning, people expect to see you at ten to seven. If they haven't seen you by one minute past seven, they will wonder what's wrong. Communication skills are really important. Communication and people skills. Being able to talk to people, being able to know how to talk to people, actually being able to know when to shut up, to know when your opinion is not wanted. And as a new entrant, if you're coming in whatever department it's in, if you're in as a trainee or an assistant or a runner, most of the time, people really don't want to hear your opinion. The director doesn't want to know that you think he could get a great shot from over there. It's quite a hierarchical kind of structure. So, the, you know, you need to be respectful. The people who are going to succeed learn that really quickly. They're not difficult skills. They're actually more to do with how you are than what you can do. And as I say, all the kind of what you can do skills, the majority of them you, you learn on the job. So that and tenacity, persistence, you need to want to do it. It can be quite hard at the beginning to get in. Um, but if you're persistent, then uh, people will will notice you. And actually, this is a phenomenally boring thing I would say as well, but if you want to work in the film industry and you're able to learn to drive, get your license and actually get it as quickly as you can. Now, I know it's a huge financial burden on people and I, I realise that that can be a bit of a barrier, but even if you're in a job that doesn't require you to, to, to drive, we film in the most random places. You know, you're likely to be called to a unit base that's basically a farm in the middle of the country and you've got to be there for seven in the morning. And there will be a minibus that leaves from the unit wherever the base is, but the base might be somewhere that you would still need to get transport to. So it is really, really helpful if you can drive. And the sooner you do it, the sooner you're at an age where you could be insured to drive for production. For more information on jobs in the film industry and training courses, please see the link below this episode on SoundCloud and go to interfilm.org and search careers.